In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Fuck you for making me start at 9.30 because you're too <laughs> slow to read a goddamn book. You took your sweet time getting this book done. Mm-hmm. And then you took your sweet time getting notes done. Mm-hmm. And then you ate dinner. Yeah. And now we're here. Our sweet anime girl is looking over us. Yeah. We're recording at 9.30 at night. We're in an Airbnb, so we still need to oh, be quiet and polite. Baby Nation, Tanner and I live together now. That We live together now <laughs> for another three days. <laughs> this is week two of us living together. Uh, things I would say are going pretty well. Yeah, you've you've come to appreciate my my rhythms of how I read a BSC book. Mostly, this is Baby Nation. This is uh, maybe too much information, but Jack mostly reads Babysitters Club books with his laptop in the bathroom on the toilet for <laughs> forty five minutes at a time. <laughs> yep, that's the image that I wanted. I want to project here on the show. Also, not totally inaccurate. Uh, we're here with our sweet anime girl. Yeah. Um, maybe you should give some context for that, Tanner. We're in Tokyo for work. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. We went out the other day to buy some goods from vending machines around Tokyo. Tokyo is well known for their vending machines. We thought it would be fun and funny to go out and buy the wackiest stuff we could. Mm-hmm. We did so. We went to a place called Akihabara Station. There's lots of arcades and fun things to do, but we found a vending machine that you could put 1,000 yen in, which is equivalent to about $8. And it would give you a mystery surprise. It would give you a mystery surprise. And one of the mystery surprises we received is a, I'm going to say, 8-inch resin figurine of an anime girl Mm -hmm. who is from something called Cardcaptor Sakura. And she just stays in our Airbnb that we share now and watches over us. She's our little angel with broken wings. Yeah, and she blesses our podcast. She had wings, but they were broken. Yeah, they had broken off. Yep. And she holds a donut. Because <laughs> in another vending machine, we found little rubber erasers of foods. Mm-hmm. And the donut kind of fits perfectly in her hand. Yeah. I'll take a picture now. Okay, good. Can, can you get me in the pic? In the yeah. pic? There we go. That's nice. Tanner, should we talk about this novel that we read today? This magnum opus? I suppose if we have to. And it's kind of a tough one, but... Anne did did it again. And it was just Anne. It was just Anne this week. No, no co-authors on this one. Yeah. Pure Anne experience, and she went ahead and threw us a... A tough one. A fastball. Yeah, she threw us a fastball. Um, I guess we're going to get into that today, to some extent. It was a, a weird book. Much like the the most recent Anne only penned novel, Marianne plus number two, Many, Many Babies. Babies, yeah, uh, which was all about eggs. Mm-hmm. This one was all about uh, Race- a racism. It was all about racism, <laughs> um, and it was also all about a band of about thirty children, right? Uh, called all too many babies. No, <laughs> what was it called? All the kids, all all around the world, children. What was it actually called? All the children. All the children. Yeah. Which is short for all the children of the world. Yeah. Here's my thought about that. Yeah. That's a very bad band name. Keep in mind, this was 1992. Yeah. I think the kind of like large ensemble music group, We Are the World kind of thing, was very big at the time. 
I think this was supposed to be emulating that sort of idea. That makes sense to me. What I took issue with was that all the children of the world make sense. Truncating it to all the children doesn't. And it's sad in a way that Anne was writing at a time before great emo bands had discovered that you can just have as many words in your band name as you want. We are all the children of the world. Yeah. Is a pretty good emo band. It's a pretty fucking great emo band name. Like 2004? Yeah. 2005? That would have killed. Yeah. Yeah. I currently listen to a band called The World is a Beautiful Place and I'm Not Afraid to Die. Okay. (laughs) And I just think that the fear that Anne showed in not just pushing past that, adding a few more words into that title. We are the children of the world. And we are not afraid to die. <laughs> we are all the children of the world, and we are not afraid to die. Would have made the statement that Jackie Radowski and the kids wanted to make. Oh, yeah. It was Jackie Radowski's band. Yeah. Oh, hi, hi. Konnichiwa. And welcome. Konbanwa. 9.30 at night, Jack. Konbanwa. I'm sorry that we're starting a little bit later than normal because I wanted to take the time to finish this book and take it all in. It's fine. We're just not going to be able to watch the finale of The Bachelor like we wanted to together tonight. Well, after having spent two days in Tokyo trying to avoid finale of The Bachelor spoilers and failing, I'm less concerned about that than I would otherwise be. One of The Bachelor men marries one of The Bachelorette women. I won't say who. Whoa, spoiler. <laughs> That doesn't always happen. <laughs> I mean, I think it has actually happened every time, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily need to happen. That's what we think. Right. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club. Club? Oh, okay. I was You tricked me because I was taking a drink of my no, soda. No, that's fine. You do, you do you. Club. Club. A podcast in which I, Jack Shepard. And I, Tanner Greenring. Talk about the classic novels of Princeton's own Princess Anne Matthews Martin in her great Sitter's Cycle. This week we are on book... Number 56, Keep Out, Claudia. The princess of young adult literature Mm -hmm. from the Prince of Towns. Princeton. Yeah. That's great. Wow, did you just come up with that? It just came to me. That's so good. Yeah. Man, it only took us 56 books. I'm going to add that to my tight 20. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Tanner and I have been working on our tight 20s this week. Which is a stand-up comedy term. Yeah. I think. I think so. <laughs> I think it means having 20 minutes. Of solid material. Of solid material. Yeah. Uh, here's here's one of my tight 20s okay. for just kind of like, uh, oh, I was in Tokyo recently. Did you, did you hear about this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw I saw a store. It was called Tokyu. Tokyu? T-O-K-Y-U. And I thought, Tokyu, me, Tokyu. <laughs> And that's one we workshop for about half an hour the other day. Talk me. Talk you. Talk you. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. Yeah. There is a store here called Tokyo, T-O-K-Y-U. Right. And if you're ever here and you want to do a tight 20, a good joke to make is Tokyo. Talk me. Talk me. Talk you. Talk you. We have a two-mile walk to work. <laughs> uh, and you have about 40 minutes to fill in <laughs> each way. Yeah. Kind of run out of things to talk about. Yeah. Start making bad puns. Good. This week we read a book called Keep Out Claudia. Keep Out, comma, Claudia, exclamation point. Okay. Unnecessarily detailed. <laughs> I think people got it from just Keep Out Claudia. The thing that Claudia needs to keep out from yeah. is racism. I mean, yeah. 
She needs to keep out of a racist's house. Yeah. But broadly, yeah, she should keep out of racism. We should we all should. Yeah, I you know what? If you take nothing else away from this tight 20 this week, it's just stay out of racism. Yeah. Don't dabble in it. Don't just get like, involved. Just like old Nani says. Yeah. That must be a fool cuz I every generation I think it's just going to go away. Yeah, but it never does. Well, on that note, Tanner, should we Describe what actually happens in this novel for our listeners. Let's not talk about the racist part because it's just a real bummer. It's a huge bummer. And it's difficult to make comedy on Mm. on this this podcast where we like to make jokes with one another. So let's just let's make that the final mention of racism. Okay. How about we do this, Tanner? Okay. We describe this book. Mm. I describe the book. Yeah. Then you describe the book. Yeah. Then we kind of dance on eggshells around the topic of racism uh? that comes up in this book. And we try to squeeze a tight 20 into a full hour. Yeah, if Anne wanted us to do 45-minute episodes, she wouldn't give us, like, <laughs> heavy race issues yeah, or childhood leukemia. Yeah, Anne. Or uh, severe autism. Yeah, or purple Sentient, sentient orbs. orbs right no that we can actually get a lot out of that <laughs> yeah yeah that's territory that i feel comfortable in right um here's what i'm gonna do tanner yeah here's what i'm gonna do tanner but <laughs> here's what i'm gonna do tanner <laughs> which what reaction am i not giving you that you want <laughs> you're editing this i wanted to give you bob <laughs> <laughs> you can cut and paste as you will <laughs> i'm gonna describe this novel and then in what will be a surprise to no one who has ever listened to this podcast before, I'll describe it. You're going to describe it. Again. But I'll only do it in 60 seconds. Yep, that's how it works. I'll do it in, like, however long it fucking takes. Somebody actually timed it, for what it's worth. What are you What are you usually clocking at? I don't remember. Oh, it was under 60 seconds, I think. But a baby bee dutifully timed all of my intros. Wow, it's novel. so boring. It makes it 60 seconds seem like a lifetime. Well, and it, it goes to show that somebody was like, I wonder if a more interesting way to get through this is literally watching seconds pass on my clock. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to describe this novel. You're going to pay attention? No. Too much to ask. Okay, here goes. Jackie Radowski has always dreamed of being in a band. Not just any band. A band whose music will unite the world. Whose harmonies will teach people to live in harmony whose chord progressions will bring about real social progress, and whose breathtaking high notes will take society to dizzying new peaks of respect and tolerance. And when artistic genius Claudia Kishi agrees to be his band manager, that dream suddenly seems like it might be within reach. But when a family of virulent, dangerous racists moves into his town, spewing hate and vitriol at Claudia and anyone else who seems remotely different from them, that dream of harmony begins to look more like a nightmare of discord, distrust, and bitter disappointment. Keep out, Claudia! A novel by Anne Matthews Martin. I really thought you were going to leave me hanging there. Yeah. When you started that, I was like, oh, he's not going to address the racism <laughs> at all. I just tried to and jam them gonna, together. He's going to put it on me. <laughs> but you hit it head on. Yeah. Now maybe I'll skip it. <laughs> no, I think you got to hit that oh, note, too. Oh, it makes too. me so uncomfortable. They're so um, comically bad. Yeah. Terrible racists. Ugh. Okay, fine. I'll talk about these terrible racists who move into Stony Brook. I mean, don't leave out the Jackie Radowski band stuff. Do you think that 
the two things are supposed to speak to each other, right? Like the message is the message here racism and discord is bad, but harmony and Racial everybody's acceptance singing is good? together is good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's wrong with that? No, what, do you take issue with that? I like it, but do we need to is there anything more we have to say here? I just and like wrapped it up in a bow for us. I know racism is bad, Jack. <laughs> Well, the Lowell's don't. You know racism is bad. Yeah. Maybe not everyone in Baby Nation does. Maybe not everyone who was a Babysitter's Club reader in 1992 did. Yeah, that's probably true. You want me to do it? I want you to do it. Okay. All right. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock, and I want you to describe this book in those 60 seconds starting now. Jackie and the Radowski brothers all want to be musicians and performers and dancers and singers. They decide to start a band. All of the kids in Stony Brook get involved and they start this like polyphonic spree style cult band with a thousand members in it. Uh, Among the members are a bunch of new babies called the Lowells, who are these uh, doll-like, Anne's words, blonde-haired, blue-eyed babies. Um, They begin to be babysat by the Babysitter's Club. Marianne goes over. They love Marianne. Claudia Kishi goes over. The mom's like, ooh, and the kids are like, uh, you are funny looking. Uh, and Claudia's like, that's weird. I guess it's just because I dress weird. Then Je- Jesse Ramsey goes over, and the mom's like, literally won't even let Jesse Ramsey into her house. And then the mom calls the Babysitter's Club and says, I only want blonde hair, blue eyed babysitters from now on. Uh, they dump the client, and the band sings a song from Fiddle on the Roof, and it goes off without a hitch. Time. <laughs> That's the that's the book. <laughs> that's the book. You did it. That's what the book's about. It's so fucking weird. This fam- this family. It's I would say Lowell's for what it's worth. Lowell's. Yeah, that's problematic of you to assume that their name is pronounced Lowell. Lowell. Yeah. How is it problematic? Because it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem for you. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore problematic. Right. Okay. It's Lowell. Yeah. Um, Lowell. Lowell. Lowell? I would say Lowell. Lowell, like L-O-L? Lowell? No. Yeah, like Lowell. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're bad. They're so bad. They're very, very racist. And like, it's honestly like comically racist. Like Anne was like, how do I turn these into like super villain level racist? Yeah. And she did so by having them literally call the babysitter's club during yeah. a meeting and being like, I only want your most blonde and most blue-eyed yeah. babies. And, like, the the kids are, are super racist, too. Uh, Marianne shows up, and they're, like, giving her the third degree. And they're like, so what's your deal? And she's like, oh, I, I just, like, I live with my dad and my sister, and, like, I have a cat named Tigger. And they both look at her, and they're like, what color is he? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even catch that. <laughs> yeah. They're also cat racist. Yeah, it, but this is like this is before like the twist happens. That's like, oh, the reason that these this family is weird is that they're racist, right? And so it's like you could be forgiven for missing it, but right. that's the first question that the Lowell children ask Marianne, right? And then, like, well, they fo- quickly followed up with, "What religion are you?" Oh yeah, which is also like a pretty big red flag. Yeah, super weird. Yeah, so that's that's the Lowells. The Lowells are bad, and their mom is the worst, and they are mean to both. Well, they're mean to literally everyone except for Dawn and Stacy, the two blonde-haired, blue-eyed women. Right, our girls on who the actually club never babysit for the the Lowells. No, they refuse to because they're fucking racists. <laughs> would you? Uh, I would hope not. Actually, 
someone, Mal or Jesse, kind of like makes a very noble point, which is like, maybe we oh, could yeah. babysit for them and teach them not to be racist. Yeah. <laughs> and then like Stacy, who's this weird like... Stacy, like last time like, Stacy came up... Sympathizer yeah. apologist throughout the book is like, no, we wouldn't want to impose our values on them. And it's like, yeah. no, Stacy, guess what? If their values are we're racist and yours are don't be racist, yeah. go ahead and impose your values on them. Yeah. Stacy, after in the last book, uh, trying to deny that climate change is real. Right. <laughs> in this book, spends like her entirety of like her three speaking lines complaining about reverse racism. <laughs> <laughs> Great stance, Stacy. Yeah. In other news, uh, I don't think Anne knows what a band is. <laughs> she thinks it's like an ensemble. <laughs> like the premise, the the B plot of this book, which. This isn't just me and Tanner avoiding uh, talk of race issues. Uh, the the B plot of this book really takes up a a solid fifty percent of the book. No, I it think has, it was Anne avoiding talking about. Yeah, race issues. I think it was Anne not knowing where to go with it. So there's a lot of this band. Claudia's like, I have an idea. Let's form a band right. with kids. Right. She's like, I don't have any musical talent, but like, fuck it. I want to form a band. Right. So should they invite literally every band? And they get they like twenty children. Right. Yeah, it's a. Th- it's I think in it in it's mentioned at some point that when the whole band is totally there, it's yeah. upwards of thirty children. Right, and that most of them have kazoo's. Yeah, or or sticks. They call they call the instrument sticks. Yeah, which I think is just banging sticks together. Yeah, <laughs> and like and Margot Pike is like I'm really good at sticks. And they perform covers of like show numbers tunes. from of show tunes from hit musicals. They're working on Annie for a little while. They're working on Annie for most of the time, and then at the last minute, they're like, we changed to Fiddler on the Roof. Right. I think Jackie Radowski, over the course of this book, maybe because of the lols, yeah, becomes woke <laughs> yeah, and wants to like do something. I don't think... It, I think that you've got your cause and effect wrong. Really? I think that... I ja- thought Jackie specifically mentions like... Yeah, he he does because he's very nervous to like say it in front of Claudia. He's just like, "Oh, it's it's kind of it, it, the story about like Russian Jews who were persecuted in World War II and kind of like had to flee their country." Which well, is pretty powerful coming from like a seven year old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think he literally chooses it because he's like, "I'm sensing a lot of racial tension in Stony Brook these days. And, like, <laughs> I want to confront it head on." Well, and our like caricature villains. The lulls fall right into that trap. Right. The the lull children are in this band. Yeah, kind of. That does show tunes. Right. And uh, Mrs. Lowell, when she finds out that they've changed the program from Annie to Fiddler on the Roof, which is about Jewish people. Fleeing, like, uh, yeah. oppression. Yeah. She's immediately like, we are fucking out. Right. Um, which is pretty intense. Um, do you ever feel bad for the little kids in this book? Um, no, not super bad. They they want to be involved, like they just want to like be friends with everyone and like be in the band, but also are bad and like pretty racist and like call Claudia funny looking because she's Japanese American. Yeah, I mean the 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 babysitters have this conversation where they're like, we need to teach them not to be racist, and then clearer heads prevail, and they're like, this isn't our job. Do you feel bad considering the fact that they're likely sentient living doll people? So, Tanner, 
this is kind of what I've been waiting for you to bring up. Okay. You have thoughts. I think that these things can coexist. But there is no doubt that another thing that Anne, and Anne writes on so many levels, mm. but another thing that Anne is doing in this book is reintroducing with a bang the dolls back to Stony Brook. Right. And I, I should stress now that we don't say this in order to excuse or diminish the fact that these horrible racists are horrible. Right. But Anne literally says that they're doll people. Right. <laughs> Do you want to read the passage? Chapter 3. The intro, um, handwritten paragraph from Marianne. She says, Friday. Today I met the Lowell kids. They're Caitlin, eight, Mackenzie, six, and Celeste, three. Mackenzie is called Mackie. I love those names. Caitlin, Mackie, and Celeste. And I love the kids. They're really pretty. All three of them. They look kind of like China dolls. Uh Uh-oh. I'm off the subject. (laughs) Sorry, our air conditioner. Thank you. Thank you. Our air conditioner um, talks to us in Japanese every now and then. Yeah. And we don't know what she's saying. But it's very polite. It's very polite, yeah. And she kind of gives us a little warning chime. Yeah. And then she says a string of words in Japanese that neither of us understands. Yeah. Uh, and then nothing changes, really. No, and then it just keeps blowing, yeah. blowing hot air on us. I think it feels like it's something very comforting. Like, I love being the air conditioner here and... I appreciate the fact that you guys are with me and enjoying my bounty. Right. Um, so we thank her. We work at a big office building here in, in Japan. Mm-hmm. We discovered this this morning that every day at 10 a.m. when we get into the office, the building-wide company loudspeakers turn on. Oh, yeah. This is so cool. And someone, some some random person from the company gets on. And what was it? They talk they about... Tell a st- it's a random person from the company gets onto the loudspeaker for the whole building, which is like thousands, thousands of, people? of people, and tells a story about a time recently where they cheerfully greeted another colleague and how that improved their life. Right. So this is all in Japanese. Yeah. So this booming voice just starts echoing through the office. And Jack and I are just sitting there like wide-eyed. Yeah. And all of our Japanese coworkers are like laughing and like enjoying this anecdote. And we're just like – I was like – I knew that – I said – I was happening? like this This feels like a bedtime story. Like it had the, the up and – like the rise and fall of a bedtime story. Right. So I knew that somebody was telling a story, but I couldn't figure out what it was because my context for loudspeakers coming on in an office is like, this is the fire marshal. Testing the fire. Testing the fire. Because that's how we do it in New York. Right. Um, Forget about it. But this had the intonation of a story. And I was like, is he telling a story about like a fire drill? Uh, But it's not. It's a story about a guy who like saw the same person in the elevator who he hadn't talked to and said hello to her. And it like brightened his day. Right. And that's like, take that lesson with you. It's so nice. Everything here is pleasant. The air conditioners talk to you and they're very polite. Your whole building talks to you when you're at work. Yeah. And it just tells you a nice, like uplifting story. Yeah. And God, what a place to be. Not a single living doll person mm. f- filled with hate in their heart that we have seen. Um, but we got to get back into this oh. because, oh, <gasps> Tanner's pointing at the anime girl who watches over our podcast. She's literally a doll person. Baby Nation. She doesn't look hateful. She doesn't gonna, look hateful. You're going to think we're stupid right now if, you, if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time. But we 
brought a doll into. We invited our home. a doll person <laughs> into our Airbnb. Yeah. To 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 preside preside over, over this recording. Yeah, an angel with broken wings. What fools we are! <laughs> a literal fallen angel doll person. She doesn't look like she's actively hating on someone for their race. No, she is holding a donut. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Actually, that's that's a it's a gesture of peace. Yeah. Um, these dolls are bad. Um, these dolls are bad. They look like the children of the corn. Do we think they're bad because they're dolls? Are you saying? Okay, listen. Here's the thing: the dolls in general are bad in the sitter cycle. Right. In the sitterverse, the dolls are bad. Right. That's why I think they're bad. I don't think all dolls are bad necessarily. It's very woke of you. <laughs> um, Hashtag wake up sheeple. <laughs> what if they're racist and bad because they're dolls? Right. That's how I see it. It's like less of a race thing and more of like a... We're, like we want to sow the maximum evil and hurt that we can. Oh, and we want everyone to be beautiful porcelain dolls like us. Yeah, exactly. And if you are other, if right. you don't look like a beautiful porcelain doll. Um, there's a lot going on with, like, once we delve into the occult element of this. And it, this the doll thing is hit again and again in this novel. I want to read another doll passage to you. Okay. In less than a minute, the Lowell kids had run into the kitchen and were standing in a line. At first, Marianne just gazed at them. This was when she decided they looked like dolls. The children stood silently in their line. They didn't smile, but they gazed back at Marianne with clear blue eyes. The children were blonde, their hair as light as dawn's. Their complexions were pale. And is painting a picture for us here. Yeah. Uh, and this, it's no accident that, that this is the picture that Hodges Swallow also paints for us. Right. As the cover of this novel. These three creepy children of the corn, dull children, standing in a line, looking yeah. up at us. Yeah, and they're all dressed alike, too. Yeah. Except in the cover, it is Claudia. Oh, it's Claudia who's looking, looking uncomfortable right. in the presence of their gaze. I just blocked Claudia out, didn't I? I put Marianne in her place. Wow. Wow. You're, you're no better than the Lowells. I would say Lowells. <laughs> yep. <sorry. laughs> Let me allow me to connect this to another part of the mystery. So, first of all, something has been coming for a long time in these books. We've talked about this. Something is coming. Yeah. Right? Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something is coming. Right. Anne has been building up to something. <laughs> Stacy's back from New York. The seven are one. Mm. The dolls disappeared for a while, and all of a sudden they're back in a big way. They were just entrenching, they were building up their reserves. Another mystery that we have delved into recently mm. in these novels is the missing family. Oh, the Delaney's. The Delaney's. Oh, my God. And the Delaney's were, were like... They were disappeared. Posh, kind of standoffish brats. Right. Like they, the Lowells. Like, I would say Lowells. Okay. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see eye to eye. They were disappeared by Anne. Right. One, one day the Delaney's were living next door to Karen Brewer. But here is a line from this novel, written by Claudia Kishi. Remember the Delaney's? Well, Caitlin and Mackie reminded me of Amanda and Max Delaney. You know, they do sort of look like them, spoke up Marianne. Anne paints an explicit line. Oh, God. Here, it's between all clicking into place. The, the Delaney's and the doll 
lols. The Delaney's known humans Mm -hmm. disappeared six months later, let's say, in real time. Someone's back. The the there are these new doll people, right? Who just happen to look exactly like the Delaney's. Yeah, I see what you're doing, Anne. Wow, that's what you did with the Delaney's. That's what you did with the Delaney's. Who else has gone missing recently? Has someone else been gone missing? Tigger, Tigger went missing, but he came back. Mimi, Mimi went missing, but she never came back. Not yet. <sighs> Louis went missing. Louis. And he's come back in recent books. We haven't heard from... Uh, um... Oh, you know who we haven't heard from is Lane Cummings. I guess she got kicked out. Yeah. No, I meant the the babysitter who's only a part-time babysitter. Shannon Kilborn. We haven't heard from Shannon Kilborn in a minute. Yeah, we haven't heard much about old Shannon Kilborn. We'll have to keep an eye out for any like doll-like international super spies. Yeah. Well, I mean like... As if, as if we weren't already. Right. I my uh, my eyes are constantly for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, as a result, I was standing on the Lowell's front doorstep at exactly three nineteen. Says Claudia, and the result that she is talking about is that she was nervous to go and talk to them. Three nineteen. It stands out to you. Yeah. She shows up a little early. Bible passage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, John. Yep. 319. Yep. Which is... And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Something has come. Something has arrived. That is how the lulls are announced. Okay. They they are... A dark Creatures born out of the darkness of men's minds. Right. Okay. From a light comes a darkness. There was light, and now there is darkness. And it's it's a doll-shaped darkness. The dolls are making their move. Yeah. Wow, they just they were sleeper agents for so many books. We we even... We wrote them off. We stopped paying attention to yeah. them. We're like, we had some hot new factions. Yeah. Look us over here. We're, we're, we're focused on dinosaurs. Yeah. That was all just a head fake. Yeah. From Anne. Yeah. The dolls. Like, okay, boys. Yeah. Keep your head on. Yeah, keep your eyes on the dinosaurs. Well, and it's no accident that Anne came in and penned this novel herself. Yeah. She's, She's not going to leave that to a, a Noller Thacker or a, even a Pete Larangis. Oh, no, are you kidding me? <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Like, Pete Anne's, Larangis is a very capable writer. Yeah. This is the one. This is the one where what we have been waiting for has arrived. And I don't know if we're going to see the Lowells again in this particular form. I assume but not. But evil has come back to Stony Brook. Right. Speaking of evil coming back to Stony Brook, Jack. Yeah. The conniving, awful, litigious scholastic lawyers are back in this book. Wait, really? Yeah. Did you notice? Did you notice their their grubby presence? I mean, I always feel it chittering away in the background but i didn't notice it explicitly in this book round and round and round she goes i cried circling my finger in the air where she'll stop nobody knows when i said knows i touched the nose of lucy newton who squealed with laughter lucy is just a baby and she loves that game but jamie her brother is four and wants to do more grown-up things let's play popeye he cried jumping up and down 
Popeye, keep in mind, is likely public domain at this point. Right. Let's play Teeny Mutant Stinky Turtles. (laughs) He never gets that right. (laughs) That's likely our litigious friends, the the scholastic lawyers. Like, Anne was like, oh, Oh, Anne was like, oh, topical reference. 1992, like, oh, have you guys seen this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing? Yeah. And the scholastic lawyers are like, no, 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 no. Anne? Anne, no. You can mention Popeye? Yeah. Fine. That came out in 1930. Right. It's well within the public domain. Yeah. If you mention the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we'll have your fucking head. (laughs) So you think Anne interpolated Stinky? That feels to me like a a lawyer thing to do. After the fact. Teeny Mutant Stinky Turtles. We'll fix this, Anne. Yeah. Like, we've got senses of humor. Right. So... Uh, we can we can just tweak it in a way that'll still be relevant and cool to the kids, you know. Uh, and they didn't probably didn't bother to ask her for feedback. And they're no. like, "Oh, what what if it's like stinky, right? Teeny and stinky instead of ninja." They're still mutant turtles. Scholastic lawyers, and I know you're listening to this. Yeah. The the best thing about those turtles is that they're ninjas. Right. That's what's qu- fucking great about them. The second best thing about them is that they're teenaged. Right. Yeah. They're teenaged mutant ninja turtles, right? Not teeny mutant mutant stinky turtles. Sad. And don't you dare fucking put this on Jamie Newton. You know who was Jamie Newton's age in 1992? Cam Newton. You know who else is Jamie Newton's age in 1992? <laughs> who? Tanner Greenring. Oh yeah. And you would better fucking believe I wouldn't have made that mistake. Yeah. Yeah. 1992, I was ass deep in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. figurines. Do you want to phrase that in a different way? <laughs> I was nipple deep. <laughs> that sounds more accurate. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figurines. Yeah. There's no way you would have said... I was swimming in them. Yeah. And I'm sorry that you let yourself get pushed around like that. Yeah. Uh, sad. Sad. Tanner... I've got another thing, a final thing about these crazy fucking doll people, nightmare people, (laughs) that is related to the earlier thing that they said. I'm going to expand on the weird racist thing that these children said and kind of broaden your picture a little bit to include the creepy occult nature that Anne also wants to reveal. Okay. Oh, Marianne smiled. She likes curious kids. I have a kitten, she said. His name is Tigger. What color is he? Yeah, you already said this. Asked Mackie. Remember how I said I was going to talk about that and then expand on it? Yeah. yeah, I was doing a thing. And is he a he or a she? Asked Caitlin. He's a he, and he's gray-striped. Does he talk? (laughs) Celeste tipped her head back to see Marianne's face. Her tears were drying on her cheeks. First of all, it's never explained that she was crying in this passage. No. Second of all, that is not a normal question to ask about a cat unless you know that there is a faction yeah. in Stony Brook. Wow, Anne is just like, she's she's just bringing us back in. You yeah. know, she let, the, she let the line slack a little bit so we kind of get complacent. Yeah. You know, kind of like fall out of our groove. And then she just cracks it back in and that hook just sets even deeper. Cat people. Yeah. These dolls know about the cat people. It's a phrase I never thought that I would say before I started reading these books. Right. <laughs> these dolls know about the cat people. Yeah. And they're worried about it. Yeah. 
She's crying about She's it. She's fucking crying. These dolls know about the cat people. And they know. They know that the cat people took Louisville. Is that a t-shirt opportunity for us here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's like a rock opera opportunity yeah. for us. We can do just like, we can do West Side Story, except it's the doll people and the cat people. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Or maybe that's just the name of our emo band. These dolls know about the cat people? Very good. Yeah. Right? And I'm not afraid to die. I think America is ready for two men in their <laughs> mid to late 30s. Yep. Starting an emo band. Yeah. With 30 children. <laughs> in 2017. Yeah. In Tokyo, Japan. It's called These Dolls Know About the Cat People and yeah. I'm Not Afraid to Die. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Woof. Call call David Letterman. <laughs> hey, we've got someone for your 930 spot. Yeah. She's still in the air. Uh, I think so. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we've got someone for your 930 spot. It's 32 people. Right. Two elderly men. <laughs> and a bunch of children. Yeah. Yeah. Call call my chemical romance and the polyphonic spree and tell them both. Yeah. Hang up the hang up the spurs. Yeah. Cowboys. Yeah, it's over. Your super group that you were gonna form that was the two of you. That's <laughs> that would past. be rad too though. No, I want that now. That would be good. Yeah. <laughs> I want my chemical romance and polyphonic spree to be making like screamy, heartfelt, melodic ensemble choir <laughs> <laughs> cult music. Cult music. <laughs> That sounds really fucking good. Uh, Tanner, we got a bunch of segments to get through. Yeah, yeah, boy. The, this first one that we're going to talk about is a, a fan favorite, certainly oh. favorite of mine. Hell yeah. And it's not necessarily what you might expect. It is a segment that we have no great introduction for. We just say, Track and Jackie. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back. Oh fuck. Okay. Do you want to? You could say it. No, it's fine. You. I was getting getting my hackles up, getting revved up for for burn of the week, and Mm. you you hit me with the track and Jackie. Track and Jackie. It's fine. We have to go back. We have to go back, Kate. Jack and I have been watching movies every single night. Yeah. That we've been in Tokyo. We come home from work, and we put on a movie. We'll say. We'll say. We rent a movie mm-hmm. every single night we're here. Last we legally night, rent a movie. Last night we legally rented a movie uh, called Bone Tomahawk, which I wouldn't recommend anyone at Baby Nation watch because it was very violent. Yeah. But it had Jack Shepard in it. Oh, yeah. It had Jack Shepard. The true Jack Shepard. From Matthew Fox from TV's Lost. Second Jack Shepard. Who we uh, use a sound clip of mm-hmm. in the intro of this segment tracking jackie um tanner do you want to explain to the baby nation what the fuck this segment is all about tracking jackie is a segment about stony brook's own jackie rudowski he is a young boy who is accident prone he is stony brook's walking disaster no young boy of eight years should be as accident prone as jackie rudowski is so we suspect that he has become unstuck from time he's a time walker um, every time he has a accident, it obviously implies that he has jumped, blipped, as we call it, through time. He has lived 
an entire lifetime, either in the distant past or the distant future or the near past or the near future, lives, dies, comes back to the present time. Whatever happens to him in the present time, whatever accident he has, is informed by the life that he has lived in the past or future. Track and Jackie. Track and Jackie. This is the accident that opens this novel. Chapter one. Opens with a track and Jackie. I'm nodding enthusiastically. Yeah, Tanner's actually nodding very enthusiastically, <laughs> which I appreciate. It feels very supportive. I feel very nurtured. If only our air conditioner would also weigh in right now with a few words of support. Uh, ma'am? <laughs> she didn't say anything. <laughs> She's not saying anything. She's busy. She's busy regulating the temperature in this apartment. These are the words that open this book. Then Jackie looked up from. Well, it didn't start with then. There, there's a sentence. Uh, there's there. a yeah. There's a couple things. There's a, a couple things, and then and Anne then, wouldn't so. start a book with then Jackie yeah, she's looked up. Not such an amateur no. as that. That's a Pete Larangis. Yeah, move. that's that's something Pete Larangis would do, and he'd be like, "Get it, guys." Yeah, it's very postmodern. <laughs> Pete is very postmodern. Yeah. In medias res. Yeah, he's very um, self-reflective. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, we're like a paragraph down into this book. But it's essentially the opening of the book. Mm. Then Jackie looked up from the enormous rocket ship he and Archie were building with Legos. The Radowski boys have a Lego supply bigger than what you could find in most toy stores. I wish I could play the piano or some instrument, Jackie said. He reached for a handful of Legos and knocked a fin off the spaceship. The fin fell to the floor and split into pieces just as Bo, the Radowski's dog, tore into the rec room. He skittered on the Legos and crashed into the table on which the spaceship was being built. Blit. It's 2193. Jackie, you're doing something with the spaceship. I didn't know where you were headed. Oh. You could go anywhere in time. What happened? You felt like you were being too supportive earlier? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's just me and the air conditioner now? Go ahead. <laughs> it's the future. it's the future i went to the future with the rocket ship look this is in the text this isn't me this is what i'm seeing that Anne put in the fucking text okay fine jackie radowski is a spaceship pilot like han solo and he's piloting and he hits a meteorite (laughs) dog named bo space dog named bo comes into the room and fights him and scene do you want me to do mine or you want to you want to make fun of it do it (laughs) it's the future it's the first manned mission to mars Mm. near future it's the near future i told you when it is it's 2192 you want to let me do it or do you want to you want to have a conversation about it and 80 years from now from now 175 years from now yeah it's 200 years from when this book was written okay roughly equivalent to the timeline of star trek generations when zephram we will not sir sir (laughs) sir allow me to stop you we will not talk about Zephram Cochran on this podcast ever again. Okay. You had your one chance. It was it's a good four it's or five a good episodes movie. ago. Okay, fine. And we did it. You had your chance, you got it out. It's a mission to Mars. Jackie is the first pilot to make a manned mission to Mars. Mm. Houston is on the comms. This is this is Houston to Jackie Radowski. You've really done it this time, sir. Oh, Everybody, you're doing, a, you're doing a space oddity thing. 
this is Major Tom to ground control. I'm stepping through the door. Yeah, that was my old joke. I'm done. I was, it was going to be funnier if I did it. <laughs> it was going to be funnier if I did it. <laughs> that Baby Nation, I was going to do all the space oddity, but I was just going to describe it in my words, and that was going to be my joke. And Tanner ruined it for, for me. Okay, we can cut and all that, though. You, you do your, th- you do your nope, space oddity. No, nope, here we are now. <laughs> Here we are. You got you got a little taste of what that was going to be. Do your space out of anything. We'll cut it. We'll cut my dumb ruining your joke and you do it. You want me to do it? Yeah, do yours. <laughs> you fucker. I tried to obscure it. You and I are in the same wavelength. Our, our reference cycles have matched up <laughs> from living together for a week. This is Houston to Jackie Rudowski. You've really done it, sir. Everybody here on Earth wants to know what you're up to, who you're repping these days. And now, Jackie, it's time to get out of your spaceship. Who you're repping these days? Jackie responds, gets back on the comms. Uh, this is Jackie Rudowski to Houston. I'm walking out of the spaceship. I find myself at an odd angle, (laughs) and the stars look very different today, Uh (laughs) for here am I sitting in a tin can. Yeah, I got it. Far (laughs) above the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Planet Earth is blue, and I'm calling out to you. Blip! He Jack died. Rudowski is David Bowie? What? <laughs> the, he loses contact. Yeah. Tell my wife, he says. Mm. And this is, this is going to be your tearful moment this week. <laughs> Tell my wife. I love her very much. Yeah. Calabunga! <laughs> shrieked Archie as the table collapsed and the rocket ship slid to the floor and smashed. Classic teeny mutant stinky turtles. Line. Yeah. Jackie looked at me balefully. Was that my fault? Mm, he asked. Classic Urkel line. <laughs> just, just one after the other, Anne. It's like a who's who of 1990 pop culture. Yeah. She nailed it. Yeah. That's my. That's that's uh, that's what happened to Jackie Rudowski this week. Good. Same thing happened to Major Tom. <laughs> Who's that? Jack. Yep. Jack, did you have a... <gasps> 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 the week. We're still in our Airbnb. It's 10 o'clock at night, 1020. In yeah. fact, and we just need to be very pretty quiet. quiet. Yeah. Did you have one? Uh, yeah, man. Um, here's my burn of the week, Tanner. Mm-hmm. So it's a quick one. Quick fire burn. Fittingly, it's by Claudia. Yeah. It's on Don, and by extension, it's on me. Is this your is this your scorcher? No. Here it is. Junk food, anyone? I asked. I pulled a sack of payday bars from the depths of one of my bureau drawers. Got any chips or Fritos? Asked Stacy. A reasonable request from Stacy. Love Fritos. 
Love chili cheese Fritos. Favorite. Or wheat germ biscuits? Asked Don. Oh, yeah, right. Wheat germ biscuits. I have them hidden here under the bed along with my endless supply of tofu. It's good. <laughs> you love tofu. I love tofu. And here in Japan, um, <laughs> just none of it. It's like they, they have tofu here. Baby Nation. Um, I'm a vegan. I love Jack, and I love uh, doing these trips with him. Thank but you. Thank you. It has been one of the hardest eating weeks of my <laughs> life. Yeah. Here in Japan. You, you can get a tofu dish, but it'll be like tofu with meat on the tofu yeah. on a, a bed of meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it probably would have been difficult for me to eat here on my own. Yeah. Because I'm allergic to fish. And a vegetarian. And a vegetarian. Right. But you have made it especially hard. My dietary restrictions are such that uh, we've been doing a lot of home cooking this yeah. week. Yeah. A lot of pasta. Yeah. The guys at the Italian restaurant buyer office here in Tokyo, mm-hmm. keep in mind, right now recognize. <laughs> yeah, so that's been embarrassing. Here we are. So burn on, burn on you, burn on me. You were dumb. Yep, that's what Claudia was saying. You were dumb for caring for animals. Uh, what's your burn, Tanner? My burn is on the the Lowells. Yep, Lowells. I would say Lowells. Marianne is talking in this scenario to Mallory Pike yeah. about the Lowells. I would say Lowells. Your family is just too darn big. Caitlin thinks you're Catholic. You know what else? Marianne went on. I feel sort of sorry for Mrs. Lowell. How sorry? I asked Claudia. Marianne held up her thumb an eighth inch from her finger. This sorry, <laughs> she said, giggling. I only feel... As sorry for you, Mrs. Lowell. Mrs. Lowell. Yeah, I would say Lowell. As my index finger is currently from my thumb. Which is approximately which is an eighth of an inch. Not a fucking lot. Right. Good. But that's okay because you're racist. Yeah. And it's hard to feel sorry for racists. Yeah. And maybe that's kind of just what racists have coming to them. Yeah. It's a, a very, very small amount of pity. Yeah, total lack of sympathy. Yeah, from Marianne. Or... Hopefully from anyone. Hopefully from anyone. I want to go home. We are home, Tanner. We live together now. I want to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I meant. You sure there's nothing else we want to talk about? Let's see. Um, Teenage Stinky Turtles. Uh, That's your one note, isn't it? This whole this whole book you wrote you wrote down one note, and it was teenage teenage teeny mutant stinky turtles. Claudia is a outspoken. Um, supporter of the simplified spelling movement, <laughs> popular in the 19th century. That's beautiful. Um, you want to know who was working on their tight 20 this week? Who? Claudia Kishi. <laughs> and it's related to your movement for simple spelling. Okay. If you really think about it, in general, you hardly need the letter C at all. You could spell most C things with an S or a K. You only need that C spelling for chocolate or cheesecake, which, by the way, should be spelled chocolate or cheesecack. <laughs> Just a thought. What's the deal? <laughs> what's what's the deal with spelling? What's the deal with silent Cs? <laughs> it's good. It's not an S. It's not a C. <laughs> who are the ad wizards who came up with this one? <laughs> It's good. It's good. It's good, Claudia. Yeah, that's my tight twenty. Yeah. Thanks, Ann. I think yeah, th- Ann, thank you. Do seriously, thank you. So far I've got that Tokyo joke. <laughs> yeah. 
And this. Some Silent Sea stuff that's going to kill. Yeah. Yeah. You need to be way into um, having been to Tokyo and the Simple Spelling Movement. Yeah, and probably Babysitter's Club. Sure. Yeah, why not? Um, Tanner, let's get the fuck out of here. I would love that. Tanner. Tanner. What? What? Sometimes you say my name funny. Sometimes you say your name funny. My name is Tanner. Tanner? Yes. This week. Tanner. <laughs> Tanner, your skin is all hanging all off your face. <laughs> you can't keep doing it. Baby Nation, new baby bees. You can't keep doing new it. New baby bees. Get ready to hear me and Tanner do. I won't do it with you. An impression of. We're about to do two impressions. No, I won't do it. I'm going to do an impression of uh, Wife of the Farmer in Men in Black. And then Tanner is going to do an impression of the farmer, no, I'm not. Edgar. No, I'm not. In Men in Black. I'm you ready? I'm not going to do that. Here's me, Edgar. Edgar, your skin is hanging all over your face. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Tanner? I'm not going to do it. Okay, I'm going to do. Now, I'm going to do. Tanner doing. Tanner Edgar, doing. The cockroach Edgar. alien inhabiting the human body of sure you a farmer what? named Edgar. Yeah. Sugar water. <laughs> More sugar. <laughs> oh man, that's and that's our tight twenty this week, baby nation. I <laughs> we just do impressions from Men in Black. It's <laughs> a bad tight twenty. People love impressions. <laughs> this week, baby nation. I have been Jack Shepard. I have been Tanner Greenring. This week, we read a book called "Keep Out, Claudia." I hope next week's book is not a fucking bummer, Anne. No. This week was a book that was about, like, the evil has arrived in Stony Brook. Next week, the book we're reading is called Dawn Saves the Planet. Do you think we should bring this anime girl to every record now and just have her look over us? I don't think so, man. It's a fucking, fucking creepy-ass doll. She's holding a donut. Mm, it's cute. It's You know what it is? It's <laughs> kawaii. kawaii. <laughs> Jack has demanded yeah. all week as we've been here walking around Tokyo that I point out anything... Kawaii. Yeah. To him. I don't want to miss anything that's kawaii. Right. We also discovered a disturbing revelation, thanks to our coworkers here, mm-hmm. that kawaii, which is Japanese for cute, is disturbingly close to kuwaii, which is Japanese for terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> which kind of explains this doll, which is a great mixture of both. Right. Dinner. Dinner. <laughs> Your skin is all hanging off your palms. <laughs> your skin is hanging all off your face. Uh, let's go home. I'm gonna go to bed. Okay, fine. Hey, Baby Nation, thanks for listening. Uh, please give us a nice rating and review on iTunes. Yes, and please tell your friends about our show. Don't share this episode because it's heavy, but share the last one. Great. Or the next one. <laughs> <laughs> or any episode you like. Yeah. Claudia's wearing a bra now. The way she talks. You would think the boys had just been invented. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> what did you just say? I had, sorry, I had my I had my leg holes
bottom leg holes. That's not okay. Pulled up to my knees, uh-huh. but it's chilly in our Airbnb. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And so I pulled my leg holes. Yeah. Back down to my ankles. Okay. So now I am fully clothed. Yeah. And my pants are covering all my legs. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Wow. These pants go all the way down. <laughs> Too hot for audio. <laughs> Are those your pants and do they go all the way down? Yeah, I'm pleased to hear that. 